0: Okay. Oh, that's much louder. Okay. All right. Um, so I, I don't need to back up, though. You guys heard me, right? So good. Uh, so often what we can do is we can listen to a passage or listen to a parable, and then in this fast-paced culture and world and we live in, we just want to jump right to the point that applies to us. We want to be like, okay, that's the piece of information that applies to me. I can just chill out and tune out everything else. Right, And we often do that. Like I, Some of you are working from home and you're in these long Zoom meetings and you start to zone out. And then you just are looking for that one thing that applies to you. And then, okay, I got my check. I, I'm good. I'm just going to zone out for the rest of the, of the meeting. Well, don't zone out this morning, okay? Please stay with this. Uh, be open to what God is showing you. He may show you something that you didn't notice when you've read this parable before. I know he did that with me as I was studying this parable. So please be quick, I'm sorry, slow to to listen and to be open to what God is is showing us. So without further ado, let's, let's get to our passage today. It should be up on the screen. Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. But his master answered answered him, "'You wicked and slothful servant, "'you knew that I reap where I have not sown "'and gather where I scattered no seed? "'Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, "'and at my coming I should have received mine own with interest. "'So take the talent from him "'and give it to the one who has the ten talents. "'For to everyone who has, more will be given, "'and he will have an abundance. "'But from the one who has not, "'even what he has will be taken away. "'And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness.' in the place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray. Father, your word is a sword. It cuts through bone and marrow, and it exposes and shows us who we are in uh, in light of you. Father, we pray today that as we study this, as we move through this parable and learn what you're trying to show us and teach us, that again, our hearts would be open and soft, that the soil in our heart would be fertile today, Lord. Please lead us and guide us in, uh, in this study. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the roadmap for today is we're going to start with the kingdom of heaven. What is this kingdom? Why does Jesus talk about it all the time? And then we're going to go on to the steward, what stewardship in the kingdom looks like. And then finally, hope in this kingdom. So there's many parables in the book of Matthew that start with the kingdom of heaven is like. 32 times the kingdom of heaven is mentioned in the book of Matthew. Jesus really wants us to understand what this kingdom of heaven is about. Why why should we care about it? Jesus cares about it, right? In Matthew 3, 2, John the Baptist is preparing the way. He says, repent For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So this is preparing the way of Jesus. Jesus has not started his earthly ministry yet. And John the Baptist here is preparing that. And he opens up with the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Today, the kingdom of heaven is at hand here with us today, this morning. So what is this kingdom of heaven, right? It's synonymous with the expression kingdom of God, right? We've heard that expression as well. Kingdom of God throughout the Bible. And... Some would say because he didn't want to use the, the name of God, because writing that name can, uh, for Jewish people can be a stumbling of God. Another reason is because he wanted to highlight that this kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. He wanted to make, make it clear that this is not a physical kingdom on earth. This is a spiritual kingdom, and that's why he chose kingdom of heaven. Regardless of why he chose that phrase, that's the phrase we're going to use today throughout the sermon. So the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 13 again is described as a, as a hidden treasure. The verse goes like this in verse 44. The kingdom is like a treasure and in a field which when the man found it, covered it up. Then in his joy he calls himself all that he has and buys the field. So in 1344 we see that this kingdom is something to be treasured. It is a treasure. And we need to understand it. So through, uh, throughout the Gospel of Nazareth, we see this, this theme. And a simple, it, there's a lot that can be said about the kingdom of heaven, right? The whole sermon could be filled with that. But I'm going to give a simple uh, working definition. The kingdom of heaven is God's reign through God's people over God's place. God's reign through God's people over God's place. So let's start with God's reign. The master owns everything. This the universe, right? There's no edge of the universe that God does not reign in his sovereign power, right? So we see that today the master owns the talents. He entrusts those talents to, to the servants. The kingdom traverses this life and the next. The kingdom doesn't end when we die or when it doesn't begin when we die. The kingdom is. as we said, it's a spiritual kingdom. It, through God's people. So God's kingdom is manifested in our hearts. Right? Through uh, the people where the Lord reigns in our hearts, right? we see this kingdom manifested. That's, that's where it starts. It's inside of our hearts. Then it moves to our families and our church. Right? Another way to put it is the kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is king. So if Jesus is king here this morning. This is a manifestation of the kingdom of God, right? Or in our tribe, small group meetings, right? Or, or we're sitting down for a Thanksgiving meal, saying our prayers. So at, at some level, it's, it's not that complicated, but at other levels, it is. So last week, in the parable of 10 virgins, it was very clear we had to be ready for the master to come back. We had to be uh, expecting that master. This week's parable is talking about what we're supposed to while the master is away, what should we as servants be doing? So it's really helpful because if we talk about this kingdom of heaven, and it's like, okay, well, this huge concept what am I supposed to be doing in this kingdom? What am I supposed to be? How am I supposed to operate? Jesus. spiritual gifts, like faith or healing, to money, to the secrets of God, the the gospel, uh, the word of the kingdom. So that's the most common, I think, uh, interpretation. And that's evidenced by the English word talent. Like we have this word talent that we use. He or she is a talented uh, pianist, right? So that is uh, where the word actually comes from. It's from this parable, the 13th century. The word talent came from this parable. It's pretty interesting. So, we're not going to get to pre- nail this down the precision. As Ruben said last week, the parables have multiple dimensions. And just like in the book uh, Pilgrim Cro- Progress by Paul Duggan, oh, I mean, John Duggan. <laughs> I remember from last week. So, uh, just like in that book, these elements in the curve are meant to represent things in a using figurative language, but we may not nail it down in precision. So the Holy Spirit may be talking to you differently about these different talents. All of us have talents. If you notice, every servant got talents, right? There wasn't a servant that didn't get talents. So everyone, all of the servants got a talent, at least one. So, what can we say, certainly, about these? Talents? Thank Different talents. Sorry, the big But I wanted to uh, get to our big idea here this morning. Now that we have all this background uh, laid for us. And the big idea, or the main idea, is true disciples of Jesus will use and manage the gifts of God. The gifts that God gives them to produce spiritual fruit. So again, true disciples steward the gifts that God gives them. What does this look like? What does stewardship look like in the kingdom? And we see the faithful ser- servants. We see some of the things that they did, how they acted. And we can draw a lot from that, right? So the faithful servants, the first servant went at once. He got those five towns and went at once to go to work and traded them. I don't know what traded them mean. I don't think there was a stock market back then. But I think what it means is he did some kind of business Working a business. I don't know if any of you just started a business or tried to, uh, to start up, it's a lot of work from watching others who have. I know some of you do run businesses here, and it's, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of risk involved. So there's a sense of urgency here. Also, that there's Just to illustrate, my father uh, taught me this really well. I and mean, he, he just took risks a lot for the king. He would go up to strangers. faithful servants. They knew their master. They, like they knew that the, the, their role in the kingdom. What did we say? God's reign was through God's people. They knew that it was through God's people that this kingdom would advance. That's why they went and needed to go make a profit. They didn't sit around. They understood their role. Matthew 24, 25 says, who is the faithful and wise servant? give them food at the proper time. So just in the previous chapter, we see Jesus again saying that the servants are to feed the household. What does that mean? That means minister to them. Preach the gospel to them. That's what we're supposed to be doing while the servant is away. So
1: we can learn what not to do,
0: right? We can learn a lot about what does it look like to be a good steward, what's not to do by looking at that Unfaithful servant clearly, clearly did not know his master, did not know that his master wanted to bless him with abundance gifts, did not know that his master would be there with him through the process of doing the business or doing the work. And frankly, the unfaithful servant was lazy, which means that to be a faithful servant, you have, you have to work. We play a role here. A lot of people are like, well God, show me what you want me to do, it, and then you know go home and sit up and sit on the couch. But right? we, we had a role to play here. And also, what we can learn from the unfaithful servant is that he did have some knowledge. He knew that the, that the master reigned. He knew that first part that God reigns, that God was sovereign over all. But instead, he, did, he still didn't act, even on what he didn't know. Even on the little that he didn't know, he did, he did not act. Some of you may be overwhelmed with that. what he's taught us, what he's revealed to us. So so maybe you're sitting there and you're like, well, you know, again, I've i already got my, I've checked my box. I'm I'm one of the faithful servants. I don't there's there's nothing here for me in this parable. There's one verse that really struck me and, and challenged me as I studied this, right? So in verse uh what's called a sanctification. So if you if you are a follower of Christ, you, your work is not done. You need to grow. I think the ability that Jesus is talking about here is tied to our maturity, or tied to our growth. If we are mature enough to handle these gifts and produce fruit, then I think God would give us more. Some of you are simply here. I know I was scratching my head, like, why is he talking to me with the with wife? What's going on here? Why? Is- As we travel along this discipleship spiral, we talk about this discipleship spiral here that determined where we grow and we mature in our faith, we should receive more oracles of God, more secrets of the kingdom. And then that produces more fruit. So if you thought you weren't going to be challenged, everyone is, is, is being challenged here in this parable, No matter where you are, that spectrum, right. We need to seek these gifts. First Corinthians, 14.1 says we need to earnestly a CC. Some of you might like, well, I, this is the gift God gave me when I was born. I, I, this is all I got. I'm one-talented person. some good news in this parable. It's clearly a, a warning. It's clearly a, a lesson in what true disciples should do and how they should steward with the gifts God given them. But there's some good news. First, this, these gifts are from God, a loving God. He wants to give His gifts. So we can have hope in that. He wants us to be part of His kingdom. To be used in His kingdom. That's really we king is the ultimate gift in his kingdom. The king is the ultimate gift. He died for our sins so that we can go and be with him in heaven. Also, those good news is that fruit is the evidence of salvation. So we see the spiritual fruit represented in this parable, but it's the evidence of salvation. It does not say if you just read this parable and you didn't read anything else in the Bible, it may. Falsely assuming that we're saved by our works, that our righteousness comes from how many, how much we completely produce. That's not the gospel. Ephesians two eight through nine. For by grace we have been saved through grace, through grace. And this is not an own It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So we're saved by grace. These are gifts from God. Salvation is a gift from God. Another good saying about this parable is that all. The disciples uh, will bear different, amount, different amounts of fruit. You may look to your left or your right and be like, ah, that person is bearing a lot of fruit. I don't compare to that. I, I, you know, I'm not nearly as fruit-bearing as that person. Take heart, everyone is going to bear different amounts of fruit. We should not assume that if we're not bearing as much fruit as the next person, that somehow we're not in slothful servant said this is a challenge today to take some inventory to see where we maybe need to grow where we where we can produce more where we can take more risks for the if you notice both servants whether they're the two server or the five server got the same reward. so the amount that they produced wasn't the focus it was that they produced fruit that they So, do you want to please the king? Do you want to bear fruit? Do you want to learn about the master? Do you want to operate his kingdom? If the answer to those questions are yes, take heart. You're not that good, lazy servant. Even the bare minimum, like if if that one town servant just invested it with the bankers, which I guess didn't take a lot of effort, the master wouldn't be pleased. So, even that, that, that bare minimum effort, is you're making an effort. You're not sitting on your hands. You're not being lazy. You're working, you're striving, you're coming to church, you're going to try, you're reading your Bible. If you're in a hard place, you're What is that king's invitation to us? We see it in the book of Matthew, in, in verse uh, in 11, 28. Come to me, all who lay the heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So right in the same gospel of Matthew, we see Jesus saying, come to me. I want to give you rest. He wants us to work, but he's going to give us rest. And that rest is spiritual rest, peace, joy, internal, thank you that you give us an idea of how we should operate this team in this place that you've set for us year 2021 sarasota springs you give us some insights you love us or give us ears that hear and eyes that see how this team
2: Thank you.
1: Here at Terra Targa, and we're so glad that you're here with us this morning. If you're new or visiting, um, just a special welcome to you. We're glad that you've come to worship here at Terra Nova with us. Um, there are ways to get plugged in here at Terra. Um, you can check out our website, www.terracur.org. You can check out our YouTube page um, for past sermons and live streams and things like that. And you can go and see, uh, you know, what our are and all the things that make us tick as a church. Um, but the best way to do that is just to Hang around and say hi to somebody that you see in the pews next to you or across from you. So um, we'd love to get to know you better. Um, so introduce yourself and uh, plug in with life here at Tara. Um, our first announcement really is just a, a reminder of our month at a glance slide that has all the information you need uh, for this month. That is on the uh, website. You can find that and also. Is the uh, Thanksgiving service that we did last year was such a blessing for us. Um, uh, so we're doing it again. This is the night before Thanksgiving, so um, you can totally be in your in your uh, chef's aprons and and all that you know, full of turkey juice if you want. Come on over for an hour, and we're going to sing praises together. We're going to take some time to pray uh, as a congregation, and also uh, have a time for testimony um i think we uh we need to practice being thankful i know i do um and so this is a great opportunity for us to say you know what these things may be going on, my, uh, on in my life but i'm really thankful that the lord has done this or i've grown in him or i've seen him do these things in my life um, and to just uh, be a be a testament a testament to the, the greater body so uh, no need to sign up for that just come bring your friends um and we will thank the Lord together and then going into Thanksgiving it will just be uh just be like a sweet time of gathering together. Um the next announcement I want to talk about is Terra kits Um you guys know that this is a ministry that we offer. Sometimes it's not as visible because it's downstairs, um, but it's one of the most important, the most integral ministries um we have here at Terra Nova. Many of you uh, take advantage of kids Some of you don't. We have a lot of different um, worship styles, and we love to be able to accommodate our kids up here and sing, uh, sing praises together and listen to the sermon, but also offer uh, time downstairs for them. Thank you to those of you who've been serving in Kids. Right now, we have a very small amount of people doing a very large amount of work. Um, and currently, it's not sustainable, uh, given our, our small volunteer group. So what I'm asking you to do this morning is to is to pray and to think about um, how we might be involved mm-hmm. to serve kids. Yeah. I reflect on what Paul was doing yeah. this it morning. It's even there. a small gift, even mm-hmm. sure, I can be an I've in I've sent in the correction for that twice. And, come, that twice and, and just not, hasn't happened yet. Right. Okay. Uh, to give it yourself that way. Um, kids are kind of We're scary at first, but really ultimately, just yeah. smaller people um, that most of us are bigger than okay so don't be intimidated by kids you might have to give over some insecurities you might have to sacrifice of yourself to um, to be with our kids you know what they need is they need people that love them and that love jesus and have a heart to see them thrive and have a heart to see them know